This is Ken Forrester, Executive Director at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Thread Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry operators. We hope you find these podcasts informative. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to episode 142 of our Digital Thread podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to host Vatsal Shah, the founder and CEO of Litmus, the leading unified edge to cloud platform for industrial internet of things. Moment is a proud and early investor in Litmus. Vatsa leads the management and engineering team as co-founder and chief executive officer at Litmus. He has extensive experience with industrial engineering, electronic system design, enterprise platforms, and IT ecosystems. Vatsa earned his master's degree in global entrepreneurship from EM Leon and his bachelor's degree in electronics engineering from Nurma University in India. Vatsa, welcome to our Digital Thread podcast. Thank you for having me, Ken. It's exciting to be here. Uh, and it's, uh, I feel like I always say this in all these podcasts, but it's long overdue. <laughs> you were yeah. one of our earliest investments, and I know we've had you on some uh, webinars that we've done and others, but I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to truly just interview you directly. So I'm glad we were able to find the time for that. And you certainly have a fascinating background, so this should make for an interesting discussion. So I always like to start this to, you know, asking the question, what would you consider to be your digital thread? In, in other words, the one or more more thematic threads that define your digital industry leadership? Yeah, so Litmus has always been founded on meeting real customer needs. I think that is that is our key value proposition and our leadership in the industry. Big companies, they see an opening in the market and they try to fill it. More often than not, they will just extend their existing product or product portfolios to fill that gap. Small and nimble companies like us we have to find specific need with the customers, understand from them, and develop product, develop solutions to fill the need. We knew early on that manufacturers needed a way to digitally transform without rebuilding their entire shop floor. And we focused our business on allowing, allowing them to do that in the easiest way possible. That meant starting with building hundreds of different drivers to capture operational technology data, followed by adding analytics, followed by adding um, various different machine learning components, integrating them to cloud and enterprise ecosystem that are so prevalent in the market nowadays. Our customers need access to their operational data and they need to get value out of it to improve the, the way that they are doing business. And we enable them to do that in the simple and the secure way. Now, you started this digital thread as an industrial engineer at Arvind Mills and, and Rockwell Automation, which obviously gave you a, a very strong platform uh, to, you know, as you say, solving real customer needs. What uh, what attracted you to the industrial space and you know what were some of your early learnings in it? So uh, long ago, uh, I started my career as an industrial engineer. My job was to design those PLC ladder logic, design SCADA visualization, and, and as a network engineer, um, bring many different type, types of automation vendors together on a single application. Um, still, you, you, you might still remember M2M World. 
and and all the different vendors they were trying to create a, a joint solution which fulfill customers need one of one of a very large project that that i worked on um was one of the um, one of the oil and gas initiative we had to integrate amerson yokogawa allen bradley systems together and it took team of four close to 3 months to design connection between all of them yes we were using fancy opc servers and we were using many different native drivers i still remember we were using those visual basic environment um which which those operational technology vendor used to provide that that fundamental data communication challenge was well identified early on in 2013 14 time frame industrial world um it started talking about data and data driven decision making um yeah um, extension to those m2m solutions but uh, one thing was these ot systems would not change overnight and broader cloud and big data system wanted that data in a specific format in a specific way with a with enforced security on the top of it and we knew that there was a huge gap gap between operational technology and it ecosystem this is when we founded the company uh, our first slogan was things business connected we wanted to be that middleware which links ot and it world it's a very uh, very interesting timing there too and the transition between m to m and iot which i remember you know very well i always pitied all those poor companies that put m to m in their name somehow <laughs> <laughs> about yeah. the same way i kind of pity those who who have iot in their names now right but uh yeah. <laughs> I, you co-founded litmus like at the time it was litmus automation though as you say in 2013 your co-founders of course uh, john uenas who is your coo now and and sasha sawaya who is your uh, cfo originally what problem were you setting out to solve for whom and how did you evolve that over time Yeah uh, in 2013 um, we started pretty generic if you, if you remember in 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 our early early investment pitches to pitches to momenta uh, we were solving a broad iot plus industrial iot challenges uh, we, we were connecting any different types of operational technology and and any different type of it ecosystem on the other side in our solutions portfolio we had smart manufacturing smart transportation fleet management and connected car again way too many things for for a startup of 10 so uh, we 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 went to customers we got in front of the customers as soon as we developed the product and consistent feedback was go back to your roots and and the early products that we designed they were really focused on smart manufacturing the the early version of platform was uh this is 2014 15 type of time frame um uh, like it was just a cloud platform and we were giving away our edge product for free <laughs> uh, we used to call them gateway agent so current litmus edge was free product called gateway agents at that time those gateway agents they had plc drivers all the different drivers that we developed it had a small analytics engine and integration to our main cloud product which was loop cloud we got in front of a lot of large manufacturing customers and asked them if we can help them bring their manufacturing data to cloud and uh, they told us your free gateway agent sounds promising can we use it and not use your cloud product can we just use your free product we got that question we got that question more often than you think and mm-hmm. and that that's when we did the first pivot uh, we we converted cloud for strategy to edge first product 
and and that's the that's the starting point of the of the litmus that you see right now and on the top of it um like the the challenge that we understood early on is everybody was focused on machine learning and artificial intelligence and vision processing and and like the the every uh, startup was getting funded around around that those specific spectrum but those would not be successful if the data is not clean from the operational technology side we are dealing with 1960s data we are dealing with 1970s system um 30 years back the, the uh, internet was not was not even there on those operational technology so if we can solve that that mess on the operational technology side we can build upon that portfolio we can build upon that foundational layer and add more integration add more analytics at, at as as we go and that's exactly the plan that we followed and by the year 2018 we had the highest amount of protocol drivers in the world uh, we had we have this intellectual property which allows us to launch new driver every week and um, uh, like again we, we go back to the customers and they kept on asking uh, you solved our data challenge now allow us to analyze that data allow us to do this machine learning allow us to bring data into broader ecosystem and that's exactly how we built our product which is we evolved over time we started with the foundational data layer we kept on adding edge computing edge processing and integration components on the top of it that's what we define as industrial edge computing system one might say your clients actually pulled you to the edge interestingly enough uh in you know in that regard because uh obviously ot has always been very uh, operational technology has always been very you know edge specific right and so it's interesting that now you're able to now pull in your cloud offering or your full stack offering behind that as uh, as well so an interesting pivot given how many platforms started off you know either on prem or you know cloud to begin with as well and didn't quite make that jump that you guys did you know clearly to uh, to the edge so you know you guys have been clearly positioned at this industrial internet of things space really since your founding uh, which and i do remember some of our early conversations at i think it was xerox park if i remember in uh, in palo alto there yeah. be uh, i know you use the term industry 40 quite a bit to describe the solution space and and your own set it what what does this term mean to you and and how does this differ from past efforts at industrial automation or even what you might con- you know consider to uh, to be human machine interface or hmi for industrial yeah a, a perfect perfect segue the the thing that we have to understand from legacy world or operational technology world or just modern automation system um like that there are there are few key things that you can spot very easily the first one um they are tightly vertical vertically integrated solution uh, the company that designed plcs they will design their scada system they will design their hmi they will design their um, historian system uh, they will they will provide applications and solutions on the top of it they limit the capabilities of their next generation of product on their existing product portfolio why would they support their competitors plc when they are historian system multi vendor solution Uh, was and is not their first priority and second thing that you can spot is there are lots of isolated point solutions uh, you're going to find legacy systems they were designed to fulfill a specific need which is right now they were never designed to extend as you explore they were never designed to innovate on the top of it so 
this is the reality. This is the world that we that we see on the shop floor. So when we entered, we had to start with the um, non-disruptive approach. Everything that that is that is already there on the plant floor, it needs to stay as it is. And what we started is we want to liberate the data out of that operational technology system. And then on the top of it, we created the data-driven journey for the users. So we allow them to normalize that data. So all the data from Rockwell or Siemens or Omron, it looks all same. We allowed them to push data to Azure, AWS, Google at the same time. We allowed them to enable those data lake services. So uh, for us, the focus is data-driven intelligence. For legacy systems, the focus is to solve a challenge that they have right now. This is why we are winning against them. We, we are winning against data system, legacy OPC server systems, just because customers, they are focused on data, data security, uh, everything in, in, in terms of how they can utilize that data at the edge, at the cloud. Those would be the key difference. You know, it's um, um, interesting you used the term legacy, and uh, I was in a, a plant not that long ago and used the term to refer to a, an, an old PLC system, and uh, the gentleman turned around and said, no, this is our heritage systems. <laughs> and, and it does bring up a good point. Um, it, you know, there's always this thought more on the uh, IT side of uh, kind of innovation that says, hey, just rip and replace, right? And you know, while you're, you know, while you uh, you can do that certainly with PCs and you know other things on the IT side of the business, OT. I mean, these are very long life cycles for these things. And once you've uh, validated and and are regulating any kind of manufacturing process, very very difficult to swap those. So you know, one of our earliest theses and where you guys fit in really well on the investment side was uh, was this idea of um, you know kind of overlay systems, right? Um, the, you know, as we used to joke, brown is the new green, right? Brownfield is where the reality is in OT. And so the ability to uh, translate that, abstract that, and bring it, quote, unquote, into the IT world, especially, uh, you know, with the hyperscalers, as you mentioned, is really, really critical in uh, in that regard. And, and I like your idea of data-driven intelligence. You know, great, great term there. Um, yeah. What and, if, oh, please, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, that's one of the things that uh, that is con consistently missed in the industry, which is everybody wants to focus on on the end result, but the the journey is far more complex because this operational technology does doesn't want to contribute to that data driven intelligence that easily. So th there needs to be a common understanding to for the convergence to happen. So what have been some of your notable use cases and wins at Litmus? Um, in terms of use case, uh, we have one of the one of the very interesting story uh, happening happening last year. Um, uh, like we 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 are product led company, so our smallest customer and our largest customer they are using the exact same version of of the product, and um, we, we we are amazed when. Uh, one of our customers, they they push boundaries and realize as many use cases as they can on the top of the, the foundational data layer. Uh, one of those one of those customers was Niagara Bottling. Um, exceptional leadership on their side, and and the team our team is executing it it, it very well. The, the Niagara Bottling team. Uh, what they did was uh, they they started with uh, with the base based data foundation layer. That means uh, went to the flat, uh, shop floor, factory floor, uh, installed the system, opened up 
two different capacities. One, uh, data capacities, you are pushing everything to the cloud environment, Azure environment, Confluent environments, AWS environments, and more. And other side, uh, they are utilizing our, our machine learning or uh, artificial intelligence capabilities and run times at the edge. So all the different operational technology teams, members, IT team members, data scientists, uh, asset reliability engineering team, they are they are creating different algorithms, they are creating different flows, they are creating different dockerized applications and they are running it at the edge on the top of the exact same data source. So let's say if one team is focused on energy monitoring, they will create the digital twin out of our product and they will only collect three variables from that, that pool of, of data. And other team, they might be interested in exploring 15 data points. Another team might be interested in exploring 10,000 data points. So it's just... It's, it's a phenomenal to see how they push boundaries of the product. That would be one of the, one of the fantastic use cases. And in terms of the wins itself, um, if, if you remember in 2019, uh, Momenta was advising us to, to implement the OEM strategy. Um, the, the OEM strategy worked out very well for us. Uh, we started working with um, end-user customers in parallel to a gateway or IT, uh, IT OEMs, and then we started working with automation OEMs, and now we are working with hyperscalers. So that OEM strategy, uh, it, it took a long time for us to build. Uh, we learned a lot of things on the way, but as of this moment, we are getting standardized across large amount of these OEMs. That means anytime they want to deploy something at the edge, they are going to refer it to Litmus Edge. Nobody wants to clean up that mess, and we have done it so well that uh, we are getting the inbound request in at, at a volume that you can't even imagine. That would be a, that would be one of one of the very notable wins for us. Yeah, no, well said, and uh, and you're absolutely right. The, the the it's very very long sales cycles to get into an OEM situation, but once you're there, done right, it's an annuity stream because you just you just continue to generate additional sales at very low marginal costs, and uh, and so it's a uh, it, 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 for you guys particularly because of your OT placement. Um, I think it really made a lot of sense, and it sounds like you've uh, you've managed that extremely well. So you provide what you call a unified edge to cloud platform for the industrial internet of things. What does the term mean to you and really what are the advantages of it? The, the short response to that would be, uh, we call it unified edge to cloud platform because of technology and business model that we have implemented. Um, over time, so um, we have done so many different types of use cases proof of concepts, pilots with the customers in, in early few years of, the, of our customers. We wanted to learn from them. We wanted to explore new industry. We wanted to find new use case. Of all, we, we always wanted a new customer. So one thing that we learned out of it is technology complexities, they are the real deal killer. Um, like every small, medium, and large project that, that have failed, technology complexity would play one of the role inside that. So. What do customers care about? They don't really care about all the technology pieces, but they do care about that you are compatible or you, as a, as a vendor, you are utilizing those latest and greatest technologies. Um, you are latest and greatest in terms of security, scalability. Uh, you are using, let's say, future-proof solutions like Kubernetes. You are using containerized ecosystem so they can maintain it very well in the future. So before this technical complexity kill our project, we had to start unify 
a unified approach in terms of how we deploy our product. So rather than selling tech technology pieces, rather than selling products, we started selling the, the unified edge to cloud strategy. That means you start with something at the edge, then you extend it to the central system. That central system can be hybrid, it can be in cloud, it can be on-premise, doesn't matter. But this unified edge to cloud strategy uh, was implemented in a way that customers use our product. Rather than selling technical pieces, we started selling um, the, 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 the joint solution. And um, in, in 2020, uh, we improved our business model to site-based business model. This business model has been working out very well. Um, uh, once again, the idea was not to sell products. The idea was not to sell uh, like the, the technical pieces. The idea was to sell the journey that customers are exploring. So we started with foundation. You are growing. So you are on a growth plan and you are on a scale plan. And our products, they are combined together edge product and edge management product combined together under that business model umbrella. That's how we define uh, unified edge to cloud in terms of technology as well as per business model. I like it. It's actually, um, as you said, it's a solution journey in some sense, and the technology is kind of secondary to to supporting that. But it is, as we joked earlier, you know, clients are pulling you to the edge, but those clients still need to bring that information to centralized uh, systems, right? And so uh, you're able to start where the client wants to and end where they need to, right, uh, in that regard. You know, let me ask, how do you know when an organization is really ready to adopt your product? Um, and, and what best practices have you seen in helping them realize that potential value? Um, like one of the um, one of the successful approach that we have seen is is a small start and and slow and steady progress. There are so many uh, challenges that you will find on operational technology side. Uh, network infrastructure side, security side, cloud management side. If you try to solve all of them at once, those projects, they are going to get bloated uh, out of budget. They are going to get bloated out of technical complexity, human resources investment, and more. So the, the small start program, that means start with um, the with reactive analytics. Before you can enable reactive analytics, you have to go and uh, implement the foundational data layer. So customers start by installing Litmus Edge. Uh, customers, they connect all of their assets. They are still not utilizing that data, but everything is connected. Now they will go take the first step, which is reactive analytics. If this happens, do something like this. Once they once they are familiar with that, they will go for condition-based monitoring. Um, if this, this, and this happens, allow me to prevent the next step. Then they will go, this, these are purely statistical analytics and, and operational technology um, team members as well as OT executives, they should be able to design it. Then they will go for next step, which is, um, I, I want to predict before it happens. So they shift from reactive to condition-based, now they are going for predictive. In, in, in terms of predictive, um, they will utilize power of cloud. They will utilize the stored data that they have to understand the patterns, understand the anomalies, understand the, the behavior of their assets. and and. Uh, predict some, some some specific challenges. And they are moving more towards prescriptive analytics as, as they go in the future. So this is the journey. If you ask somebody, or if somebody asks us, can you can you prevent my um, uh, prevent my machines from failing by using artificial intelligence in next two hours? 
will probably walk away from that deal. It's it's not possible. <laughs> it, it, like it, it's realistically, it, it is going to fail. So it's a step by step journey. Um, it's it's not it's not something that you can realize at day zero, but at six months of efforts, a year of efforts, you will fall in that um, predictive prescriptive journey. That's where our sixty percent of customers are. So this is what we have learned: start small, follow a journey to to get to the point that you want. Hmm. Well, well said. Actually, I, uh, I I always think of it as uh, or summarize it as think global, act local, grow organically. <laughs> so yeah. start with the big vision in mind, but do something you know small, if you will, and then grow from there. As you say, follow or or lead your your uh, clients down their solution journey. Uh, in that regard, uh, and and the, you know this this next question is probably apropos to that. I've heard you know many an analyst and you know I'll call it IT technology vendors vendors bemoaning the fact that the adoption of the industrial Internet of Things has been slow. Some will say it you know it it still has not caught on. What's your perspective on on the speed of adoption here? And I mean, what would you forecast for the next? few years in terms of adoption of, you know, technologies like yours in the industrial IoT? Um, so industrial IoT is, is, is a journey that, that customers will take. Uh, in, in that journey, uh, there are so many different things that they have to solve. Uh, coming out of those 1970s, 80s, functional uh, manufacturing systems, uh, you, you are entering in, in the whole new data-driven world. So it's, it's a journey. Um, there are obvious challenges like data challenges. So many different vendors, uh, some of the some of the large companies they grew uh, with acquisitions over time, so they are having to find um, isolated, siloed data everywhere. That data challenge needs to be solved early on. The second one is network problem. Uh, bandwidth is simply not sufficient. Everybody wants to ju- let's just push everything to Azure. Yeah, but uh, who, who has that bandwidth? Uh, like the the operational technology systems, we see they are on they are on serial systems, 485, 10 Mbps Ethernet systems. They are getting they are getting replaced and they are getting more more cloud ready. Uh, they are they are implementing those those bandwidths at the at the operational technology level. The third one would be security problem. Without industrial IoT, if we, if if we go on on a shop floor. Um, what they do is they, they do the perimeter security. That means you enter on a plant floor, uh, they, will have a, they will have a firewall in front of it, they will have a firewall on the top of IT, IT network, OT network, and they think everything is secure. But when you are enabling hybrid connections, when you are enabling your operational technology systems and they are connected to cloud directly, all of your systems, all of those PLCs, DCS, uh, edge computing system, they, they are on their own to protect themselves. So <laughs> the shift from insecure on unsecure communications on the on the plant floor to shift to every system is well protected. That's that's not an easy problem to solve. And the last and the most important one that I, I would say is that there is just too much noise with the repurpose solution. Um, These repurpose solutions, which are legacy OPC vendors, legacy SCADA platforms. Um, like they, they are just redesigning their websites and repositioning themselves as an industrial IoT solution. Um, they, they think that the, the data problem can be solved by using those Windows agents or Windows services and, and uh, unmanaged infrastructure. So every time modern company, companies like us and, and many other modern 
uh, software companies, they take three steps forward. These guys, they force us to take two steps back. Uh, you're going to find um, security and, and lots of vulnerabilities identified. Projects are getting killed. Projects are getting bloated out of budget and, and far more. So there's multiple network challenges to the data challenges, security challenge, and just too much repurposed solution. They are holding us back up to a point. Doesn't mean it's it's very slow, but uh, you might not realize that everybody's doing machine learning right now, but people are at a various stages of solving these four data challenges. And in next two years or in next few years type of time frame, uh, we will see um, that there will be vendor consolidation. A lot of different this um, this operational technology sites as well as the data provider, network providers. You're going to see a, a whole lot of consolidation, and there will be ecosystem consolidation as well. Um, it will be still yet to see, but most likely the the vendor ecosystem consolidation would be driven by by uh, hyperscalers. So your product is very well compatible with Azure ecosystem or AWS ecosystem, Google ecosystem, and, and more. So next two years would be exciting. It will, and um, you know, because one of our practices focuses on executive search of uh, really digital industry leaders, we have certainly noted the amount of hiring the hyperscalers are doing uh, between all the three largest ones, and so uh, I think they all see the opportunity as well. And it sounds like you're you're well placed in terms of working with them. Um, you have been named CEO of the year on at least two occasions that I remember, uh, but most recently by the uh, IoT breakthrough. To uh, to what do you attribute these recognitions? Um, I, I would really attribute the, the recognition to my very supporting family uh, while while I'm doing this entrepreneurship, my co-founders who are as dedicated as you can imagine, and the whole team behind me. Um, the, the Litmus team, uh, it, it's it's one of the, um, uh, like one of the group of amazing people that I have worked with. Um, I started the company with a simple vision, but uh, a lot of this, lot of this different skill set, a lot of these different amazing people, they joined over time and they are executing that vision every day. So together, together we are implementing um, the, the, the products, we are designing it, we are getting in front of the customers and we are improving industry as a whole. And that is the reason why I'm getting uh, CEO of the year award. So I would definitely attribute it back to them, the guys who are doing yeah. real work. Yeah, in fact, uh, if there were uh, truly uh, CXO leadership team awards, I could see you, John, and Sasha getting it together. You guys have been uh, the three musketeers since our earliest uh, meetings, and uh, and uh, I've always been impressed by the uh, well, both the intellectual horsepower, but also the the uh, moral alignment in everything that you guys do. And uh, so it's uh, it's great to see. Well, I, I guess I always like to end up on questions. Really, you know. What what inspires you, or how do you find your inspiration? Um, I'm still one of those uh, people who who find inspiration from the from the customers, and I'm I'm lucky enough to get in front of customers uh, like as many times as I want. <laughs> um, I, I like every time we we get in a front of customer or potential customer, they will they will teach us a new thing that they are exploring a challenge or they they have this specific problem that they would like to solve. And they do inspire uh, us to us to do better. They they do push our boundaries, and they are they are extending the 
like our products in a way that we, we can't even imagine. So that would be my my first point of inspiration for, for the job that that I'm doing right now. And in terms of uh, uh, the, the the broader ecosystem, whenever I get chance, I, I listen to uh, various podcasts. That's just typical commute uh, commute work that I uh, commute listening that I do all the way to uh, specific industrial communities, which are popping up everywhere and, and some fantastic people there. And, and um, more and more um, like the, the blogs and Industry 4.0 uh, communities in European Union, uh, they're just doing fantastic work. So those are the, the key point of inspirations. And now I got, you got a loyal customer on a, on a uh, you got a loyal uh, subscriber on the Momenta Momenta podcast channel. Uh, I, I ex- explored it just recently, and then I got addicted to that. Uh, you're on my top list. Well, I appreciate that very much, and uh, it's uh, great that you've been able to uh, participate on this. So thank you again for spending this time with us today, Vatsal. Oh, thank you very much for having me on the on the podcast, and and for the listeners. Um, we are one of those customers' obsessed companies. Let us know if we can help you in, in your industrial IoT journey. And please check us out at litmus.io. Thank you, Ken. Yes, thank you as well. So this has been Vatsal Shah, the founder and CEO of Litmus. And if I may say so, you think you're getting a technology company when you're buying, but you're really getting a digital industry solution Sherpa to help you along your digital industry uh, journey in that regard. So thank you for listening and please join us next week for the next episode of our Digital Thread podcast series. Thank you and have a great day. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening.